Hello beautiful souls and welcome to Raw and Real with Sony Pelty. I'm your host Sony, your guide on this journey of love, relationships and self-discovery. Each week we dive into the heart of what makes us human, the love we give, the connections we crave and the struggles we bravely face in our quest for deeper intimacy and self-love. Here we strip away the facades. We talk openly about the joys and pains of relationships, the lessons learned from love lost and found, and the growth that comes from being authentically ourselves. Whether you are single, in a relationship, or exploring the vast landscape of your heart, this is a space for you to feel seen, heard, and understood. Join me every week as we share stories, invite experts, and offer insights that help us navigate the complex world of love. It's raw, it's real, and it's all about the most powerful force in our lives, love. Let's embark on this journey together. Welcome to Raw and Real with Sony Pelty. Hello beautiful souls and welcome to another episode of Raw and Real with Sony Pelty. I'm your host Sony and I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest today, Anna Heard in London. Anna is an empowerment coach, photographer and circus expert with a strong focus on social justice. She finds creative solutions to help people reclaim their bodies, their energy and their time. She has three pioneering projects which focus on empowerment with social justice embedded at their core. As a photographer, heard in London, as a coach in selfcareschool.co.uk, and as a community organizer for survivors of gendered abuse with True You. She combines her passion for creative solutions with the drive for radical intersectional solutions at their core. Hurt in London centers people in marginalized bodies to allow them to feel seen, valued, and like they deserve to take up space. Selfcareschool.co.uk offers radical life coaching and mindset tools for people in an accessible format with free spaces for folks who need them. True You provides creative, physical, emotional, and mental health and well-being workshops, which are free, safe, and accessible for self-defined survivors. She has spent 20 years running one of UK's premier circus agencies, Missing Link Productions. For six years, she was UK Director of Operations for Circus Kathmandu, a social circus which works with survivors of human trafficking and other vulnerable situations. She supports Mimbrae's youth program for disadvantaged young people in Hackney. Her photography work has been printed in Guardian, BBC, Huffington Post, and The Times, amongst others. In 2020, she won an honorable mention for the Margaret Cameron Street Photography Award. She has an illustrious list of 
event credits, including the 2012 Olympics opening ceremony, choreography for Universal Pictures, launching Ageha, Japan's first mega club, and the distinct honor of working on a cabaret slot with Liza Minnelli. She believes that the core tenet of Buddhism, the reverence of life, is what threads all these paths together and keeps her striving to create new ways to ensure no one gets left behind. Anna, welcome to Raw and Real with Sony Pelty. Oh my God, I am so honored, so thrilled, and so excited to have you on the show. Such amazing work you are doing, and what an honor for us to be talking today and for me to getting to share you with my community. Welcome. So bro, thank you so much for having me. It's so funny hearing my little CV read out like that. I'm like, oh yeah, that's quite long. Here are some things like, but each one of these projects I'm so passionate about. I'm like, oh, that one's really good. We've done some really important work there with some really brilliant people. Oh, this, oh, this the stuff over there as well. It's so funny hearing someone else read it back, reading it <laughs> back to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. It's really kind of you. Oh, absolutely. It's such an honor. And what work you are doing in the world. Oh, yeah. It's such an honor. Like, I get to work with such incredible people. Like, it's really, um, the I am very fortunate to have a lot of ideas that, that buzz around that can keep people being playful and light and creative in some quite tricky situations. But the honor is all like, I just get to work with most phenomenal humans and just, and watch so many of them bloom from some quite tricky situations. So yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing, amazing. I am so excited about our conversation today. I do a lot of work. I mainly work with women and I do a lot of work around self-love, self-worth, um, feel having women feel comfortable in their skin right and our conversation comes at such a perfect time um february is a month of love and i see women getting so anxious around valentine's day um so i am doing an event with my community which is a 29 day self-love fest and so much is talked in society about self-love, um, yet I don't see many people talking about body love, which is such an integral part of self-love. Absolutely. Like, I we are often taught that self-love is, is sort of something you can buy. If you do the right things or you post the right memes, then suddenly you can achieve this self-love like it's a little tick box. When actually I think that self-love in truth is a constant unlearning of all the messaging that we're getting around us that tells us that we are not worthy enough. And that is intrinsically linked to the um, patriarchal white cis het fat phobic um, body image standards that we are sort of squished into to tell us that like of course it's very admirable society in society to to tell people that you're working on a self-love journey but like for goodness sake can you please keep the normal beauty standards that we have set in photoshop on a billboard poster totally right <laughs> it's like I love myself but here I am talking so 
critically about my body. I'm hiding parts of myself. Like no matter how much you love, you say you love yourself and you're rooted in self-love, if you're not honoring your body, if you're not loving your body, I don't think you're truly loving yourself. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, absolutely. I um, Someone actually asked me a couple of weeks, it was a marketing, a brilliant marketing person I was working with, and they said, who's your target audience? And my instinct response was militant feminists who still find themselves chatting shit to themselves in the mirror. And it's the people who have the theory that they really want everyone to feel included. But actually, when it comes to themselves and they catch an image of themselves, they find themselves saying the most disgusting things and the most harsh and critical things. And that's actually, I I love what you were saying about self-love being part of a body love journey. But it's um, from my own personal point of view, as a, as a fat disabled person as well, I spent a lot of time following the whole kind of Louise Hay, love yourself in the mirror, I'm old enough to be, you know, like, chant, mm. chant that you love yourself a million times in the mirror and then it will yes. get better. And actually, I found that to be just another stick to beat myself up with, with saying like, I mean, I have, I have the cure here, so why don't I feel it? And actually, this idea of body love, for me, and I think a lot of people who don't have genetic outlier beauty standards, let's face it, who are in normal bodies, and the vast array of what normal is, is a huge spectrum. I think there's, you know, some things either end that would be considered to be worthy of being in magazines, but most people are just normal out there humaning. That I think that actually, for me, to aspire to body neutrality was a lot, became a lot more important than to aspire to self-love. And what that meant and the difference right. was that rather than going, I love my body, mm-hmm. what I needed to get to first was this is a body. And so rather than like, I love, I love these, I love the cellulite on my thighs getting to these are human thighs mm-hmm. or look at this big round belly. Isn't it so gorgeous? Like standing in front of the mirror and going, you'd look really weird if there was just a gap there. Like maybe having a stomach is probably what humans should look like. That's a human shape that you are. And so stepping towards neutrality for me felt a lot more accessible and it made it so that I wasn't weaponizing it as just another excuse as to the things that I wasn't getting right. I love that you pointed that out. And in my journey of helping women, I share with them and I tell them that the first step to loving yourself or to loving your body is accepting who you are, where you are right now. And I agree with you 100% that if you just keep saying, I love my stomach or I love the fat around my arms or my thighs, you know, there's a rejection. Like our mind may get on board maybe, but our body's like, hell no. What are you telling me? Like, no, and that's because we I have the don't capacity. love my stomach. We um, I because don't we, love my thighs. Yeah, we have the capacity to say things that we don't believe, and that is, you know, that's why we need to work on things that are slightly more accessible. I think, you know, I can, even though I can say like I love my body, aren't I such a sexy, gorgeous goddess, and I deserve all the things in life? If I don't believe it, all that I'm doing is building up barriers towards that. Just like, you know, I can I can say to you that a purple 
taxi made of custard has just driven past, but that doesn't mean that I believe it. We have to have something that we have some kind of hook in ourselves to step towards. And for me, humanizing it and just going, this is a body, was just that gentle step that I needed. And on those days where I needed more of a push than that, and for me, I always found the idea of politicizing things really useful in terms of when I'm speaking to myself like this, frankly, who else am I speaking about? And does that really align with my view of the world? Like if I'm criticizing people of, if I'm criticizing me at this size, I am also being cruel about everyone else who is this size and I can't pretend otherwise. And one of the key sort of lessons in, in learning that and repeating um, that really helped me out of my own body journey. I think the first time I heard it was from Jesse Neeland, who's a brilliant body activist. I don't know if you've come across them. Um, I can send links over if you oh, want. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I have Jesse's work's wonderful. And I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Jesse who um, who said, you know, whenever you're, whenever you're feeling shit about yourself, you need to ask yourself who's making money out of you feeling like this. I love that. And it's such a powerful thought of the fact, you know, I think one of the the key fundamental problems we have in our own self-criticism and our own criticism of our bodies is the fact that we repeat this stuff so often that we think it's our own voice because it comes out of us. But that doesn't mean, you know, you did not plop out of the womb thinking that your arms shouldn't jiggle, Mm -hmm. that we were taught this stuff, which is fundamentally brilliant news because it means that we can unlearn it. Absolutely. And something that uh, triggered in me when you said that, like, who are you supporting? Who who are you feeding? Right. We are just feeding patriarchy even more. Yeah. Some people are making really, really good money out of women and marginalized gender folk feeling like shit about themselves. And I don't know about you, but I work really hard for my money. I do not want to be feeding these people. This is not like they're doing the about me. 100%. And who decided that a certain waist size is the norm? Who who did that? Well, if you know, describing that, I also think it's really important that people do their own reading and do the research and understanding that the idea of looking into BMI, for example, was you know right. was designed by the insurance industry to make more money, and the idea that thin is beautiful has really deep roots in racism to try and make sure that there is a difference between you know the people who are doing all of the work and the people who are owning the other people it was you know it was very intentional and the fact that we are still buying into this stuff um, probably doesn't sit well with a lot of people but because we are steeped in it we can quite often believe that these just happen to be our opinions, but they ha- also happen to be the opinions that we have grown up surrounded by. And so, of course, we're going to absorb some of this stuff. And when you can take out the shame and embarrassment of the fact that you have picked up ideas that don't necessarily align with kindness or right. compassion for other humans, then you can start going, like, actually, is the way that I'm treating to like speaking to myself or treating myself is it respectful is it kind like we don't even Mm. need to look at it being um you know something that we value politically or whether we we think of it in that way but frankly if it's not kind do you want to be doing it right and also am I going to say those words that I'm saying to myself to someone else yeah can I I think 
that's such a barrier that most people use you know like I actually hear people in my coaching quite often say like oh I would never say this to somebody else and it's a really really common phrase and I I hear that as a sort of surface level comment but the truth is that if you are berating people who have you know a number of wobbly chins Mm-hmm. But yes you are saying it about other people as well because whether you like it or not you're reinforcing that judgment in your head you might not say it verbally but you are making that connection in your head that this is not as worthy of love as, as other chins for example and so I think that in a way we need to take ownership of the fact that it isn't that when we say this stuff we strengthen it in our minds and there is no way that you loving yourself does not create more love in the world that's just basic maths yes <laughs> so <laughs> You know, like I think sometimes just reinforcing the fact that even if we notice, sometimes we can all walk down the street and think like, notice things about other people's bodies. And if we find that inner critic coming up, the same sort of voice that would criticize ourselves, even if we're quite unimpressed with ourselves for the sort of things we say, that we remind ourselves that other people have human bodies as well. Right, right. And um, in my work with women, like you said, the first step is humanizing ourselves, right? This is a human body. And um, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, but like you said, look look at yourself in the mirror and just say, I'm beautiful. I agree that's not enough. But what I encourage women to do is, can you undress yourself and stand in front of the mirror And can you touch every part of you, even the parts that you feel are ugly, right? Can you touch, can you give them some love? Like touch is such a healing force. Can we connect with love within us and touch those parts of us and give love because what we crave especially in my field of relationships and love and romance we want to feel loved when a man touches us we want a man to touch us with love yet we ourselves cannot touch ourselves with love how do how do we expect to feel that love from a man when we are not able to give it to ourselves. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, firstly, I think, I mean, for me and the people that I work with, it is definitely a case of not just accepting love from from a man. It could be from a woman or from, someone. I'm from, sorry, from, yes, from any anyone. the spectrum. Right, right, right. Not especially from ourselves. You know, I think for me it is really important that I don't... Um, that I don't center my own value on whether a man wants me or not. Like I think that 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 totally. like that that societal vision of us being chosen quite often leads us to not choose ourselves because right. we're trying to present in a way that is denoting that someone deciding to touch us gives us a certain amount of value. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily where you're going with it, but also right, it's right. something I always really want to clarify that like oh no totally totally like, like anyone who wants any any old hands consensually on them is welcome in my world. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. But I think yes. that it absolutely has to start with with your own personal pause. 
Right. And I think that these, it's so interesting what you were saying about like being able to touch all parts of you with love mm-hmm. because I, I, again, taking it like, I love that as a vision and I would be tempted in my work to take it down a step to go like those bits of you that you're struggling to love yes. rather than being like, I'm trying to love you here and that bit of you being like, I'm not ready. I'm sort of being all tense and stiff. Right, I'm right. miming a lot. For the people listening, I'm miming a lot. In this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think maybe something like slightly more gentle of like that bit that you've been bullying for most of your adult life mm. of kind of placing your hand really gently there and going, hey, what do I, what, what do you need from me? Right. What can I give you here? Like, or, right. hey, I'm sorry, I haven't been as welcoming as I should have been. Yes. Like, I'm really sorry for some of the ways that I've treated you. Like, is there any way that we could work together on a team? What right. do you need? Yeah, I love and that. So yes. like, I love you and you can't do anything about it. It's like, I kind of feel it a bit more like, cajoling isn't quite the right word just like opening opening the door to be like and I have genuinely found it on a a lot of like personal exploration with my journey with my body that when I sit down and I pause with the bits of my body that I have not always been as gracious with as I should that when I ask it what it needs it screams its answers at me like there is so much wealth of information that we pretend we don't hear when we're too busy out there capitalisting yes 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 it's it's essentially like rebuilding uh, your relationship with your body absolutely and it's the longest relationship you're ever gonna have right yes 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 and it's so interesting and I didn't think I would be going there in this conversation but it's uh, you just triggered something in me and it's so interesting like when we ignore our body for a long time and when we go to it like try to touch it or have a conversation with it it's it's like whoa Wait, 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 wait. We cannot get that intimate right now. You haven't talked to me in years. And now you want me to be responsive. And I feel that especially when I go to self-pleasure myself, my pussy is like tight. It's not that welcoming. It doesn't open up to my touch. If I go for it, go... After you months of not touching, like, hey, we but, need some romance hey. here. Us going on, right? before we it's like get involved there. There's the foreplay. Forget the foreplay here. We have some catching up to do. Yeah, yeah. If you're I, not gonna foreplay, I'm gonna do crispy on you. Right, but when I am consistently connected with my pussy, when I am self pleasuring myself, when I'm connected. Ooh, it opens up so beautifully for me. It's like this, yes. So I wonder, I wonder what sort of from the the idea of inviting love into your body, what what different ways and different invitations people could give to themselves of what their body thinks foreplay is, yes. what their body thinks that personal connection one on one, or with yourself of what that idea of romance courtship like what what do what does it feel like to flirt with yourself all of these bits of tantalization I think like these are probably not 
explorations that people have done with themselves and could bring up some such delicious options as to things that they didn't even know that would delight them and I think you know like seriously if this is not delightful why are we doing it like right right can we figure out what's delightful and pleasurable for us first before another human can give that to us yeah we can share with them what Yeah. It's pleasurable and delightful for us, right? And because there is so much shame about communicating about sex, about touch, about about people who have been assigned female at birth or who've been socialized as women asking for what they want and the massive fear of rejection that if we haven't even explored what it is that we desire, it is so much harder to express it to another. Whereas when you get clear about what it is that you that that delights and pleasures you then actually what you are able I think that then offers the opportunity for you to be able to create even more deliciousness with somebody else not necessarily like oh by the way here's your tick list here you go because you know we can sort ourselves out right but if you actually invite someone into being able to go like hey here are the ingredients what else could we what else could we bake absolutely absolutely and actually getting creative with that is like I think there is so much about our bodies and so much there's so much criticism shame and often abject hatred that actually we forget the playfulness and the lightness and the deliciousness and the how to get creative with it um sort of taking the conversation back two and a half roads but one of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking about um you know sort of touching yourself in the mirror um, I'm sure you've come across this before, but I don't know if you encourage your your people to do the whole exercise of writing your body a letter. Oh, yes, 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 absolutely. Which is like an absolute classic. But then the reverse of that, of getting your body to write a letter back. Oh, I love that. Seeing what your body has to tell you is like the next extra step that I find of like, oh, I didn't realize all that was sat there. I oh, was just, just like, you know, you peel back one uh, layer and those. Yeah. It's I really, I find it really right now. Yes, that is so powerful and so potent and so essential Yeah, to have that connection, right? Because something, you know, especially people who are socialized as women are really told to stop listening to what's going on, to become, you know, it's all part of the sort of being trained to be in servitude. Like our value is intrinsically were linked to how helpful we are to other people, how much in service we are to other people, how much we do for other people and that needs to have some kind of unpicking if we are going to be able to center our own needs and our own pleasure without shutting it down immediately and calling us I mean how does the idea that we even have the word selfish as an insult like if you're not going to center yourself who are you meant to be centering I mean and the irony is that if you're not centering yourself you're sort of leaving it open that someone else has to look after you which is a wildness Right. And also, when you are centered first, then it's easy for the other person to pour into you. When you're not centered in yourself, no matter how much the other person pours into you, it's never going to feel enough. Yeah. And I don't even know that I align with the idea of pouring into each other. I think I'm going to, I might be butchering this quote. I don't even know if it's from the right place, but I actually, I think it's um, Antoine Santobri who wrote The Little Prince. Oh, yeah. 
I think it's a, a quote from him, which is along the lines of um, love is not, not two people staring into each other's eyes getting lost. Love is staring down the same road with with two people. I mean, or 10, depending on your preferences. Right, right, right. Deciding to go on the journey together. Right, right. I mean, I don't think he put in the idea of, you know, having a love fest with 10 people, but, you know. But, hey. <laughs> He's not here to argue, so. No, 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 no. Yeah, so um, I feel like um, there is so much shame in society um, around having open conversations about our body, about sexuality, about sex, about what we desire, that I feel people shy away from that. Um, and even don't want to talk about it. Of course. Like a taboo. And especially like from where I come from India, hell if you're a woman is caught talking about openly about sex and this is what I desire. It's just a man thing. And how are you talking about your body? How are you showcasing your body? How are you even um, um, talking about body positivity? Like, uh, I don't think I have really shared this story on um, my channel before, but uh, um, I had a boudoir photo shoot not talking going into the realm of photography right um when i was mm, 49 a year from Easy. turning 50 right and yes. i decided i want to share this with women especially at my age Wonderful. because there there is so many set ideals. Oh, when you're over 40, you can only dress a certain way. Don't wear tight jeans. Don't wear crop tops. Don't wear this and don't wear that. Oh, you have to be a certain body size to be able to wear crop tops. I'm like, I'm going to challenge every one of those ideals. Wonderful. Right? And then, um, so from the photo shoot, I felt like I wasn't, Obviously, like I am a curvy woman, and I love that about myself. I love my curvy booty and everything. And I felt, I feel like for the first time ever in my life, in that photo shoot, I actually felt myself. That's so wonderful. I think as a photographer, that's actually what I take to be one of the biggest compliments, and I get it really often, is people saying, I really see myself in the pictures. And I really love that you have that experience because I can tell you that as a fat person, quite often what I get when people take my photograph is they crop me off at the shoulders because wow. they can't imagine that anyone would. You know, I don't think it's a conscious thought, but it is definitely I wouldn't want to see a fat body. Right. Like all well, that dreadful, horrific, ugly word that we slap on things and pretend it isn't fat phobic of it doesn't look flattering. Like we use the word, like flattering is such a disgusting, loaded word. Because what it actually means, flattering is thinner. You don't yeah. look, your body is not thin enough. I want to make, do you think of what flattering clothes mean or flattering, like it means smaller. There must right. be lots of you in order for you to be deemed to be sexy or attractive. Right, right. I guess for the first time, I didn't feel conscious of how I, I love. I just loved myself. And I thought I looked 
fucking sexy. I wanted to share that with the world. So what I was, where I was going with this is that you're going to put one of the pictures in the show notes. Is that what you were going to say? No, 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 no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Actually decided that I'm going to share my pictures with my community on my social media with a message of empowering women, not with the energy of having like unwanted attention. Yeah. Because what gets perceived as, oh, what are you trying to gain by sharing such pictures on social media? And the process, and I was fucking scared, Anna. I mean, because we're completely taught that I had to talk to my friends. I had to, my kids follow me on social media. My family follows me on social media. And I was, I, I am having conversations with my friends. Hey, I'm going to be posting this. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be, why do I need to justify? Um, Why do I need to, it's in essence, as getting permission from these people and forewarning them that I'm going to be doing this. And I... Because and people who are socialized as women are absolutely taught that they must outsource their responsibility and any decision they make towards somebody else. And, you know, if you were to drive the stake through the middle of everything that you've just said there, what we are all intrinsically trying to stave away from is the idea of being rejected. Yeah. And that's why we that's why we outsource all of these questions to other people, hoping that someone is going to give us the answer to take away the discomfort of the fact that we might be rejected. And in this case, rejected for having a body, for being too sexual, for being too um, out there in public, for being too visible, for being too strong, for being too courageous, all of these things which are not seen to be the, like pretty little cute docile feminine version of what a lot of us who were socialized as women were taught were the acceptable ways to earn safety right right and also I feel that so um one of the pictures that I posted was a picture of my booty and it was a very empowering shot for me personally because all my life, I had been criticized to have a big booty. And my my mom especially would be like, you need to walk. You need to work out. You need to exercise. Because why is your booty so big? And for me, that was a very empowering moment for me. And I shared the story. But it got perceived negatively and I hate to say this, but after several back and forth with friends, I had I took it down. Not I had to. I didn't have to. I took down the picture. So I wanted you to speak on that. But to me, I felt like I took it down to make other people comfortable so that they feel they are feeling a discomfort. I am probably evoking something, triggering something in them that they are uncomfortable with and um by taking down the pictures i just made them feel comfortable i think it's got to do something with belonging and not being rejected like you said earlier but i would love for your 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 thoughts on that i think first of all 
it is really important that we sort of de-shame every angle of it. So you want to put your pictures out there? Absolutely. Someone else doesn't want to put their pictures out there? Absolutely. You want to take your pictures down? Absolutely. Like giving yourself permission at each step. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you, you're adding like, I shouldn't have taken it down because it was for other people. What you're doing is you're still linking in your brain the idea that this is dangerous. You're telling your brain that something has gone wrong here and you made a mistake. And I think that the more we can separate that out of just being able to take that one step back and say, I was receiving criticism and I did the action, I took the action that I felt at that moment was the right thing to do to make me feel more safe, right. just neutralizes it a little bit. I love that. And I also want to share that I, I don't believe that you can cause other people to feel more comfortable. Some people will have looked at that picture and gone, Sony, that is way too much. You absolutely should have, have done that. And there is absolutely no doubt that there's not some humans out there who would have been like, oh, my God, that is not far enough. That is nothing. You should see this. Right, right, right. The fact that those two opinions can exist oh, totally. shows you as hard evidence that it's not that picture that's the problem. The problem is other people's thoughts about it. But when we think that we can control what other people think about about things what we do is we lose our own agency we defer to other people to try and hope that they are going to make us feel something when the truth is that the way that we feel about stuff comes from our brains and so in a way it is more about not whether you keep the picture up there or whether you take it down it's just where are you going to have your back Where are you going to be kind to yourself no matter what you do? And that's what we should all be working towards at any juncture. If you knew that you couldn't make a wrong decision, that there wasn't a bad way of doing this, and that some people are going to feel some things and they're going to think some thoughts no matter what you do, how do you want to treat yourself here? And that is the anchor that I try and keep bringing people back to with my work is like, if we are waiting for other people to give us permission to feel our stuff, we're going to be waiting a lifetime. Right, right, right. So the essence is unplugging from other people's beliefs, their opinions, their thoughts, and just moving forward in life with what aligns with us, what makes us just honoring ourselves is a simple. We can, like, I, I absolutely believe that to be true. And also it is a lot easier to say than it is to do. Why, you know, this is why, this is why co- coaching I think is so powerful. And this is a lot of the, the coaching work that I do is just reminding people that, you know, we have so many ingrained thoughts about causing other people's feelings but actually our feelings are sensations in our body that are caused by our thoughts and some like as wild as it may seem as a notion like no one else has the power to pop open your skull and make electricity fire off it's not physically possible and so the stuff that you're feeling is because of your thoughts and your thoughts could be I really want people to like these pictures and see where I'm coming from on this. Or your or your thoughts could be, I really want my friends to be on my side here. Or your thoughts could be like, why are these people not having my back? Or your thoughts could be, you think that one's racy. Wait till I post this one. You know, this, and these will evoke different emotions for you. But it, just knowing that you can take that any direction isn't net, like that seems a very big picture but when we we sit down and we pause and think okay what else could have been a thought here just as an option it starts to remind our brains that actually we have some power and control here and it is not just waiting for someone else to tell us that that was the right thing to do right I think it's like 
all of the above, right? Like for me, I feel um, it could trigger all of those emotions, right? Uh, for me, for this year, for 2024, my word is congruency. I want to show up in alignment with who I am and honor who I am. Beautiful. And really unplugging from other people and their opinions. Really, really lovely. How's that working out for you? Um, so far, okay. Well, the year has just begun. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. I'm pretty sure I will um, have some humps on the way. But I am here and I am open and I'm available for everything that shows up. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And also knowing that life's going to carry on lifing. Right. And just, I'm, I'm done hiding. I feel like this is my year to just claim all of me, who I am. Beautiful. Fully. Beautiful. I wish that for all of us. For all of us. Yes. <laughs> so I know you and I can talk about this, like, all it's like we're just getting going and now we're like 50 minutes in hi maybe it's because my intro was like 20 minutes long <laughs> no but if you were to um leave people listening to this episode with some words of wisdom or what can they do the first step i know you said is just like humanizing ourselves, right? What would be a process that you could leave the audience with who are just beginning their body love journey? I think, I mean, that exercise that we were talking about of like, you know, when you go past the mirror of like, that's a human stomach, there's a human thighs, just naming that, I think that is, is a really powerful exercise to just start building that wiring in your brain that that is an accessible thing because the criticism is such an easy reflex for us to default into that we need to actively work to create some new pathways to, to draw towards but also for me I think it is it has been very powerful to try and stop and pause and go who else isn't in this room when I am criticizing myself like this who am I blocking the way for who am I not including in in my vision of who is welcome or who is seen to be beautiful or who is allowed to receive love you know is it people with the same skin tone as me is it the the people with the same political affiliation as me is it the same people with the same sort of abilities as to how much they can walk stand is it like do I have a a cutoff rate as to when I think someone is worthy I think Probably for me, one of my most powerful bits of um, body body work that I did was I used to, I'm Buddhist, as I said in the, the introduction, and I used to chant to, to, to have, find peace with my body. And then I had the revelation that actually that was nowhere near big enough for a dream. And actually I started to chant to go, could I love myself if I was three times fatter? And that felt really powerful because if I really believe that my intrinsic worth as a human it's not tied to my body mass index then I really need to push my expansion of what I think is possible and what I think is and I do believe that that everybody deserves love care compassion respect 
And if I'm going to live that, that really actually has to include me or I'm just talking bullshit. I'm such a sweary Buddhist, sorry. <laughs> I love you. And I feel what a perfect and powerful way to end this episode, to leave the audience with this message. Anna, where can people access your goodness? You have got so much to offer. Where can people find you? But so many delicious places to come and dabble yeah. in. So um, my the confidence coaching and the body image work that I do is over at selfcareschool.co.uk. Um, we have a different courses there and I do weekly group coaching calls, which are really lovely because they are a mix of people who can afford to pay for it. And I offer free spaces to people who have histories of gendered abuse. Um, and there's an application form for bursary spaces on the, on the thing there. But you get a big mix of people from very different life experiences, which is really nice. Um, over at uh, Instagram, Heard in London, you will see lots of really incredible, brilliant humans who I do photo shoots with because I do the body confidence mm-hmm. coaching and then we do the photo shoots together and you will see just some wonderful, wonderful humans out there humaning, living their life and showing up in front of a camera in really brave and bold and beautiful ways. Um, and I have my podcast, which is my aim of my podcast. Uh, I decided that the world didn't need any more long podcasts. And I spent ages trying to talk myself out of doing a podcast. And then I re- realized that actually the world needs more short podcasts. Yes. So I, the aim of my podcast is that I try and keep each episode under five minutes. So it's a very low commitment for people. But my podcast is Spam Filter for Your Brain. Um, and it's just one sort of short, sharp point of something that you can try and apply to your life weekly. Um, and all the photography works over at Herd in London. If you want to just look at, have delight in your eyes, all the stuff is there. Thank you so much, Anna. I'm going to um, link all of those uh, resources in the show notes so people know where to find there you. Was, there was a body image workbook as well we talked about, wasn't there, that you can put in the show notes. So yes. it's just sort of going through some in- personal inquiry and looking at how you speak to yourself that we can put over. So any of your listeners can have that for free. That We'll pop that in the show notes. I love that. All right, ladies, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed it and had fun recording. Until next time, stay raw, stay real, and keep loving bravely. Thank you for joining me today on Raw and Real with Sony Pelty. It's been an incredible journey sharing this time with you, exploring the depths of love and relationships. I hope today's conversation has brought you insights, comfort, or even just a moment of connection. Remember, the path of love and self-discovery is not always easy, but it's a journey worth taking. You are not alone in this. Keep embracing your authentic self and cherish the love that surrounds you in its many forms. If today's episode resonated with you, I'd be honored if you'd share it with someone you think might benefit from our community. Don't forget to subscribe for more heartfelt stories and expert advice on navigating love and relationships. And finally, remember, in a world that often feels superficial, there's power in being raw and real. I'm Sony Pelty. And I'll be here waiting for you 
in our next episode, ready to dive deep once again into the world of love. Until then, take care and keep loving bravely.